Hello, and how are you feeling? Welcome to episode six of Coaching from Not a Blue Tree with me, Gary Burns. This episode is all about anxiety and how coaching can assist in addressing anxiety, including how to manage its effects. Mind, the mental health charity, defines anxiety as what we feel when we're worried, tense, or afraid, particularly about things that are about to happen or which we think could happen in the future. It's a perfectly natural response linked to our fight-or-flight response, which is designed to protect us when confronted by danger or what we perceive as danger. However, while self-preservation is an essential part of our survival, anxiety, that survival instinct on overdrive, is distinctly unhelpful. So, for example, the fight-or-flight response will kick in when we're confronted by a big scary animal, and this is a good thing. Being anxious all of the time about meeting a big scary animal is not. It always shocks me when I come across any statistics relating to the number of people, adults and children, who are experiencing excessive anxiety. It concerns me that our stretched mental health services are currently unable to meet demand, and many are left for years with life-limiting anxiety. And while many of us understand what anxiety is and how it can vary depending on a whole range of factors, most of us are able to manage and overcome the anxiety so that we can get out and do what we want to do. Anxiety, though, can and does become an insurmountable barrier for some. Limiting choice and possibilities, shutting down worlds and making them ever smaller as people adapt and reduce to avoid what can be the completely overwhelming effects of being anxious. Even those of us who can manage our anxiety do at times feel that anxiety colours our judgement. It can make us less effective and less successful. The anxiety getting in the way and affecting how we think and behave. So, if you can, take a moment to think about the times that you've felt anxious. Is it something that you can control? Or do you find that your anxiety is controlling you? Have there been times when anxiety got in the way of success and achievement? Can you think of occasions when, had the anxiety not been a barrier, you would have thought and acted very differently? Is there a time when you wish you could have got back in charge, which in turn would have led to better decisions and outcomes? I think, if we're honest, most of us can think of occasions when anxiety really did get in the way of what we wanted. For some of us, those occasions are few and far between. For some, they're regular occurrences. And of course, there are those who are experiencing anxiety all or almost all of the time. It does therefore make sense to understand what anxiety is and then learn some tips and techniques about how we can regain control. So, let's firstly consider what anxiety is. Anxiety is, very simply, the fear of what may happen in the future. Those fears may be based on previous experiences, they may be the result of what we've learned from others, and they may be what we have conjured up in our imaginations. Anxiety is linked to fear of harm, humiliation, ridicule, or the disappointment of things not working out. The anxiety can be linked to fears and phobias. The anxiety may be rational or irrational. It may be linked to thoughts of failure, of not being good enough or worthy enough or deserving enough. We may have had one or more bad experiences in the past and we then convince ourselves that those bad experiences 
will continue to repeat themselves. And that for me is the key. For me, anxiety is all about that conversation which takes place in our heads, that conversation which tells us all of the bad things, all of the negative things that will result from a particular event or action. We tell ourselves about previous bad experiences. We berate ourselves for our lack of deservingness. And we allow the dialogue to escalate and escalate, overwhelming us with negative thoughts and negative emotions. All of this is linked to our fight or flight response, that inbuilt, hardwired response to danger. A response which is designed to keep us safe, to keep us alive. And if we ignore that response, our brains are designed to become ever more insistent, pumping chemicals through our system, which we become aware of through our pounding heart, the rising tension in our muscles, that feeling in our tummies. And while we continue to focus on the event or action that we tell ourselves we have no choice but to do, and at the same time dreading having to do it because of the increasingly negative outcomes that are sure to befall us, our anxiety levels rise, our fight-or-flight response increases, and the downward spiral is underway. Anxiety, of course, can have multiple triggers. It can be the result of bad experiences, of underlying mental health issues, of trauma. It can be a response to specific situations, and it can be a more generalised feeling resulting in anxiety about anything and everything. It can range from a feeling of mild discomfort to a sense of complete overwhelm and paralysis. And it would be awesome if coaching could provide a solution to every cause of anxiety. And sadly, I don't believe that to be the case. There are, though, a number of techniques which can assist in managing the symptoms of anxiety. And, of course, the coaching approach is all about having a plan, a goal, with steps along the way to get you from where you are to where you want to be. So firstly, I'm going to look at some of the techniques to manage anxiety and secondly, look at what a plan or a goal could look like. When we look at managing anxiety, I think it's important to understand the human mind and how it works. The human mind is hugely complex. There is still so much that we have to understand about how it works and we have made huge strides in our understanding in recent years. What we do understand is the fight or flight response or more correctly, the fight, flight or freeze response. This response is hardwired into the oldest part of our brains and is designed to kick in, as I said earlier, when we're threatened with risk to life and limb. It allows us to respond instantly, without conscious thought to a situation of immediate danger. And if we ignore the hardwired response, our bodies respond with ever louder messages. And I'm sure you're all aware of how the stress chemicals feel when they're really pumping through our systems. And for those of you who've read The Chimp Paradox, you will know how insistent the chimp can be. The fight-flight-freeze response is just a part of our unconscious mind, an unconscious mind which can handle huge chunks of information which allows us to perform so many independent actions seemingly without thinking, which stores and orders our memories, which manages our emotions, which controls our bodies, which keeps us safe. Compare that to the limitations of the conscious mind where we can only process seven plus or minus two bits of information at any one time. It's where we do our logical and illogical thinking. It's where we process memories which we pull from our unconscious mind. It's how we share our memories and thoughts, processing it in our conscious mind. It's the reason that we find learning a new skill a little overwhelming if we can only take in limited amount of information. 
at any one time. And in the context of anxiety, it's the reason that once the anxiety starts, it can be so challenging to regain control. As we fill our conscious mind with negative self-talk and a conscious awareness of how the anxiety is making us feel. However, by understanding the limited capacity of the conscious mind, we can learn to use this to our advantage to take back control and move into a world where we're managing our anxiety. When we're stressed and anxious, our breathing, for example, becomes shallow and high up in our chest. It's one of the signs of anxiety. And if we can take back control of our breathing, it's one of the tools for taking back control of our anxiety. Practicing is very simple. Stand up if you can, or sit upright in your chair. If you're standing, stand with your feet about shoulder width apart. And if you cannot stand up, ensure that you're sitting upright and that you're not leaning back in your chair. Place your hand flat against the base of your ribcage and the top of your tummy, which is roughly where the diaphragm is. Ensure that your shoulders are down. As you breathe in, push your tummy out, no one's looking, and keep your shoulders down. Notice your tummy moving with the hand you placed at the bottom of your ribcage and top of your tummy. And as you breathe out, notice how your tummy sinks back down and repeat. I recommend doing this for about five minutes to start with, which will feel like an eternity. However, the more you practice, the easier it becomes. And I know that I find it useful to actually narrate in my head my actions. So that in my head I'm saying, put your hand on your tummy, that's right, breathe in and push your tummy out. Notice how your tummy subsides as you breathe out. The narration has two effects. Firstly, it's a mental check that you're doing the process. And secondly, and perhaps more importantly, it starts to fill the conscious mind with something other than negative self-talk. Now, once you've mastered the technique, you find that you can take control of your breathing at any time. No need to stand up, no need to consciously force your shoulders down, no need to put your hand on your tummy. Although I find that from time to time, I do put my hand on my tummy when I need to take control of my breathing, if only for a few breaths, to remind myself of what I do to breathe calmly. When we're anxious, it's not uncommon to feel tension in one or more parts of the body. Some feel it in their faces, for some in the jaw, for others in the back, for some in the shoulders. The list goes on. However, Wherever we feel that tension, it's a sign and a symptom of our anxiety, and there are three ways to get rid of that. The first is to simply tense up every part of your body, curling up your feet and hands, tensing the muscles in your legs and arms, clenching your buttocks, tensing your chest and abdomen, hunching your shoulders and scrunching up your face. Hold everything, all tensed up, for as long as you feel able. And then relax it all. Notice the immediate dissipation of the tension and hold on to that feeling. Repeat if needed. The second way is to tense and release each part of the body in turn. Start with the foot, tense and release. Then the other foot, then the legs, then your torso, then your arms, then your shoulders, neck and head. And the final way is to simply tense and release the specific area where your tension sits. For me, it's the shoulders. And all I do now is simply tense my shoulders so that they're almost touching my ears. I hold and then release. Indeed, I've done this so often now that more often than not I can simply tell myself to relax my shoulders, I notice them fall, and the tension has gone. Another really useful technique is peripheral vision. To get into peripheral vision, find a spot on the wall, directly in front of you, and just above eye level. You should be looking slightly upwards without straining your eyes. Stay focused on the spot, completely focused. 
And notice how the longer you stay focused on the spot, the more you can see to the left, to the right, above and below you. And just continue to focus on the spot, noticing how much you can see so much more to the left, to the right, above and below you. Remain focused on that spot, holding your focus on that spot, noticing all that you can see to the left, to the right, above and below you. Hold on to that feeling, stay focused on the spot, continue to focus, noticing how your vision expands outwards. And continue to do this for as long as needed. You'll notice how you become more relaxed the result of focusing on the process, entering a state in which is calming and which helps get rid of space for negative self-talk. One final technique, which is something of a mind hack, is future projection. A lot of anxiety is driven by a fear about the future, either a general future or a future involving a specific event. If the anxiety is about a future event, a meeting, an appointment, an interview, a phone call, a family gathering, any specific event in the future, one technique to address this and reduce the anxiety is to future project a successful outcome. So the first step is to think about the event and then imagine yourself 15 minutes after the successful completion of the event. And it really does have to be the successful completion. Just imagine the event going exactly as you would like, exactly as you would like, smoothly, without setbacks, without glitches or challenges, without drama. The event going to plan, smoothly, calmly, one step after another leading to your perfect outcome exactly as you want. And notice how the more you focus on that point in time, 15 minutes after the successful completion of the event, how you become more and more relaxed, more at ease, calm, ready, okay. And If you find no change in your state and your emotion, just check that you're imagining a successful completion and nothing else. Only a successful completion. If there is any doubt, any uncertainty, you are focusing on something other than a successful outcome and the process will not work. Now, there are loads of techniques out there. A simple Google search will bring up lots of options and it's always worth exploring them. However, I think that the most effective techniques are those which work with how our minds and bodies work. And we're all different, so we each need to find our own way. So, what's the plan? What's an ideal outcome? You first need to think about this and what's important for you. Secondly, you need to think about the steps that get you from where you are now to where you want to be. If you need to learn and practice techniques, when are you setting aside time to do so? How much do you want to practice? Your first outing with your newly learned techniques leads to one of two options. You get the result you want or you get something else. What's the plan if you get what you want? What's the plan if you get something different? And above all else, how do you know that you're getting the result that you want? What does that look like? What do you hear? How do you feel? What are you thinking? So, just imagine taking back control. Just imagine managing your anxiety. Think about the options and possibilities that open up for you. Consider all of the choices you now have. Reflect on the work that you've done and the skills that you've learned. And remember, this is an ongoing process. It may well take time to get the exact result that you want. 
It's all about continuing to practice, to take those steps and to make sure that with every step you gain more and more control. You now have significant information which can help you redefine and refine your plans and goals, focusing on the changes that you know that you can make, moving forwards to the new model of the world that you want for yourself and those around you. If you can do it, do it now. If you're not sure or need some help, you can always book an initial consultation on my website, notabluetree.com, and you then work out what the next step is. And you know that it makes sense, don't you? <laughs>